The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents The X-Wing with your host, Joe Salant. Yeah, this is the broadcast for the rebels who have escaped from the collectivist orb. We got that pure justice on deck, but you got to come and get it. y'all what is up family it is great to be with y'all tonight welcome to the x-wing with your host joe salant the podcast where we uh smash the idols on the left and the right and hold the ethical judicial line it's the podcast for the rebels in the cave and uh would like to say a special what's up and a special greeting and much love uh recognition to my wife, Misty Salant, who has had to put up with a lot as I've prepared for this episode right here. A uh, particularly, um, just a, some particularly disgusting subject matter that really kind of uh, got my goat. And uh, just uh, she was, she's been a warrior uh, queen in the house, uh, really putting up with your boy, uh, as I haven't really been that, that nice. And, um, just, uh, I just, just want to give, uh, God all the glory, honor, and praise for blessing me with a wife that I do not deserve. Thank you, honey. I love you. Also, we do have some, some cool stuff on the way, uh, not to give too much away, but there is going to be a video that's going to be released with a song, um, on, uh, uh, actually, you know, we actually, we, we kind of let the cat out of the bag on this one already with, uh, with a live video. I forgot about that. The song is called not for all. And um, it's uh, it's up there on a post on Reconstructionist Radio, basically uh, exposing the injustice behind the American uh, un-American immigration policy that we currently have right now, and the image bearers of God that are sacrificed to the pagan state. As a result, my man Don Dub is on the production there, and we're going to be releasing that song for y'all in a video coming up that we're filming at the border. My man Jake Alexander. Uh, is going to be doing that video. John Ryan Cantu participated in the song as well. That was done at the studios down in Houston. Uh, all of these uh, wonderful image bearers of God that are putting their hands to these projects are uh, are linked, are going to be linked at reconstructionistradio.com so that you can get with them for future stuff. Today we are going to be talking about uh, a fresh item in the news cycle, actually, this this woman has been languishing in prison for the better part of two decades, but uh, it's now being revived. Her case is being looked at because of the tool of dominion that we have in social media. And that tool uh, that we have today has brought it to people's minds. The name of this woman who is in the prison industrial complex in the uh, state of Tennessee. What? get that uh, sound out of there in the state of Tennessee her name is Sintoya Brown and recently her story has been trending on social media and it's brought it to the forefront of the public square of discussion the Areopagus if you will the Mars Hill of the American public square 
where once again, American conservatives have the opportunity to represent Jesus and are showing the exact opposite, that they're demanding the injustice of Moloch in this case. Uh, as usual, as victims of the uh, the curse of blindness that we covered in an X-Wing episode, they're shilling for injustice in the case of Sintoya Brown. Um, and let's, let me give you some background on the story, what, what went on here with this lady, uh, Sintoya Brown, 16-year-old child, child, sentenced to 51 years for the murder of an orc, a child rapist named Johnny Allen. Uh, Brown claims, uh, and this is, this is from, I'm not, I took this off of, off of Wikipedia, this part, just so that I'm going to give it to you 100%, just basically how the, you know, the public square is seeing it, uh, with my commentary. Brown claims that she had been forced into prostitution at an early age. So notice it claims, right? Uh, her word isn't good enough right there. It's claims. Uh, at an early age, which investigators disputed due to a lack of physical evidence. Uh, biblically, there would have been plenty of evidence. Uh, Brown further claims that she'd killed Alan, this orc, a uh, 43-year-old orc, in self-defense, adding that uh, she feared that she was likely to be murdered by him. Prosecutors argued the physical evidence present at the crime scene suggested that Alan was asleep at the time of the murder. Uh, in other words, if um, Sintoya Brown wanted to be believed that she was in fear for her life, she should have been a cop uh, who had ran up on a black kid that had weed in his car. If that was the case, then it'd be fine. But since she was one of the weaker vessels of society, a child sex slave, uh, her word is to be doubted. And um, she didn't fear for her life, I guess. Uh, that is what the court found. The Court of Injustice in the state of Tennessee found that. Sintoya Brown, born in 1988, is the subject also of a documentary if you want to check it out. It's on PBS. I skipped through a little bit. Uh, given up for, she'd been given up for adoption by her biological mother, uh, Georgina Mitchell, when she was two years old. Uh, when Mitchell became pregnant with uh, Sintoya, she was consuming a lot of alcohol, possibly um, resulted in fetal alcohol, alcohol syndrome. Uh, Mitchell was a crackhead. Uh, when Sintoya was eight months old, she gave, uh, she gave her up to a foster family. And uh, basically, Centoya ends up on the streets by the time she's 12, 13 years old, uh, a runaway. Uh, and on the streets, she encountered many rapes. She was imprisoned by a sex trafficker, a child sex trafficker named Cutthroat. Um, and this demon from hell kept her in a hotel room and basically had her drugged up and strung out on drugs, a child, um, man, this is hard to get through, you know, uh, <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. As I'm telling you this story, I'm thinking about like the conservatives reactions to it, you know, um, it's crazy. So <laughs> man, man alive it makes you, it makes you freaking angry, man. So, you know, sent out there, this, this kid hooked on drugs by cutthroat and she was picked up, um, she was uh, she was taken by a 43 year old real estate agent named Johnny Allen. Um, so this orc uh, from Gondor 
took Centoya Brown to his house on August 6, 2004, uh, took the drugged-up child sex slave who was under an ultimatum from her uh, owner, Cutthroat, to uh, bring back money, took her to his domicile, took her in a, in a rolling domicile to his freaking house, right? And uh, Brown stated, you know, for several weeks up to that day, she'd been drugged by Cutthroat, repeatedly raped. That's her testimony leading up to that day. So not only did she have to use her small, frail body with these um, giant 250-pound um, ogres, to bring money to cutthroat, she'd also be just raped on command because she's chattel, little child sex slave. Uh, when she arrived at Allen's house, she saw that it contained several guns. After uh, Allen had been had gotten finished using her body for his uh, sick, disgusting pleasure, after he got finished raping her, uh, raping the child sex slave, um, she feared for her life and she shot and killed Allen. Uh, Brown was then arrested for Allen's murder. Uh, her And her self-defense plea was not accepted by the jury because she was not part of the American Police Society. Um, no, but, <laughs> I mean, it, that, that's what it is. Uh, her self-defense plea was not accepted. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's just, it's just unbelievable. She did not feel it was, it was not acceptable. Her testimony that she was in fear of, for her life after this um, uh, this uh, child rapist uh, was finished using her. In a just society, Centoya uh, Brown would be regarded as a, a child chattel sex slave. That's right, that's right, that's right, um, James, my brother. Full-grown men doing this. Um, in a just society, Brown would be regarded as a child chattel sex slave and her self-defense plea would be accepted on several biblical grounds notably that when a woman cries out in the field in the bible we have real justice um deuteronomy 22 when alone with a strong man that she was raped and there were no witnesses it is an exception to the two witnesses biblical standard if she is to believe if and she is to believe she is to be believed if her story is believable on all other accounts because God's law is geared toward protecting the weaker vessel, the one who is easier to take advantage of in a world where rule by power over the weak is what God's people are supposed to be fighting. Um, it's, it's just, uh, you know, the justice for the weaker vessel is something that God's law is slanted towards granting. And the laws of the evil nations, the pagans in the Bible are always slanted against that, where the, the king gets to decide what is going to be justice in the society. And it's justice that suits the ruler, um, like we have in America today. Uh, further, a child sex, a chattel sex slave, listen up conservatives a, a, a chattel sex slave is not able to consent to sex it's amazing that you got to say this kind of stuff right a chattel sex slave is not able to consent to sex that is uh, the absurd argument I've, I've heard that i just saw it today uh, somebody arguing that thomas jefferson wasn't racist because he loved to have sex with one of his black slaves can you believe it that's not called sex that's called rape it is always and everywhere Rape. When you take the clothes off another image bearer of God that you own as property 
and use their body. You, you want it to be consensual? Then you repent. You set the slave free for owning them. You make restitution to them. And then you see if they consent under those circumstances. Uh, wow. I mean, you know, what that argument about Thomas Jefferson needs to read is that Thomas Jefferson, uh, champion of slave breeding, by the way, it's true. That's the history. Uh, champion of slave breeding. Um, could not have been racist because he liked to rape his black slave. It sounds like a scene out of like, um, like a demonic rendition of Borat or something like that. Right? Anyway, there it is. Further, Centoya Brown was uh, a drugged up child under the ultimatum from her kidnapper slash trafficker slash owner cutthroat. Uh, to bring child rape money back by using her body as an orc ravishing tool. Uh, there is no way that she consented to any of that in any kind of real justice uh, uh, use of the term consent. A strung out child sex slave. She shot her orc kidnapper racist and has been in Tennessee prison industrial complex uh, for $300 a day to the state. Uh, since 2004, 14 years, she'll be eligible for parole after she's a senior citizen. The average uh, American conservative reaction I've seen to this case, to summarize, as I've posted two, two original posts about this show right here. Uh, I, if I sum up the conservative reaction is a hooker had a messed up life, but her punishment is justified. And conservatives wonder why they have no voice in the culture and the rising generation scoffs at them. They wonder why that they're cursed. I have a red pill for y'all to swallow this evening. All right. Are you ready for this? You know, conservatives are always scared that we're going to be an Islamic nation, right? That we're going to, the Sharia law is creeping in, right? It's creeping in through Mexico. It's creeping in, in, in Michigan. We got a lot of Sharia law that's going to be upon us because that's the next step. It goes from humanistic to Sharia law, right? I got, I got a, red, a red pill for you to swallow. America is already an Islamic republic. You heard that? You heard it on the X-Wing with your, with your boy Joe Salon. America is already an Islamic republic in the sense that it has Sharia law. Not in the sense that the, you know, lowbrow modern American conservative would understand. You know, there are no mandatory minarets, beards, and turbans. And unless you count the dress code that conservative and modern reformed churchmen mandate for the women in their state religious clubs, it has nothing to do with dress at all. But that's not what's important. What's important is that the laws and the courts favor the powerful and the privileged in a land where legislation itself is rooted in the subjective will of the powerful, the king state, the great collective. Law by subject, subjective power is the essence of Islam, of Sharia law in society. Now I'm going to give you a resource for this, and we'll read from it a little bit here, because this is important to have a background on. All right, This is your homework. The resource is... I want you to go to reconstructionsradio.com and search for putting the claim that theonomy is like Sharia to rest by my man, rebel scholar and underground resistant le resistance legend, Bojidar Marinoff, my boy. And uh, listen to that two part series, uh, putting the claim that theonomy is like Sharia to rest. And you will see that the underpinnings and outworkings of Sharia law are just as easily manifested in a system where man is the measure of his own law, 
of his own law code where man gets to appeal to himself to do what he wills, unbound by God's laws for society in the Bible, the powerful will encode their desires into the program, just like Sharia law. Headquarters comment, now if we had Sharia law, women would be blamed and punished for being raped. Oh, wait. Exactly. Exactly. You don't need the minarets and the turbans and the uh, calls to prayer. The calls to prayer are heard in the Tennessee uh, Court of Injustice and the Federal Beast Courts of Injustice. Ignorant Christian ministers today in the American ghetto church complex often compare Christians wanting to institute God's law, theonomy, uh, theos, uh, God, onomy for law, theonomy in the land is proponents of Sharia. Oh, we can't have God's law in the Bible, that old biblical law. We can't have that. That would be sure. That would be like Sharia law. We need like, you know, the people, we the people to determine what laws are basically just on the spot, according to the feelings that we have in our heart, as if the powerful won't rise to subjective tyranny in a situation like that. Oh no, that would never happen. Right? Look, so this is from the article, and I want you to um, make sure that you do your homework and you listen to this on Reconstructionist Radio, putting the claim that theonomy is like Sharia to rest, where my man Bojar Marinoff absolutely wipes the floor with James White, who made that claim that theonomy is like Sharia law, that the, that the system we have today in America, that's not like Sharia law, but that God's law is like, like the law of Allah, a very ignorant claim. But Bojadar says, let me bring this up for you. The analysis must start by looking at the nature of two sovereigns, God and Allah. The former is a trinity. Both one, the God of the Bible, is a trinity. Both one and many, transcendent and imminent. The latter is ultimate oneness and transcendence. Pay attention. This is that rebel wisdom coming from the cave. Rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. Detached from this world, unable to enter it as a person. This is Allah. God, therefore, can deliver a detailed, valid, applicable, meaningful message to the world simply by entering it, the God of the Bible, and taking on the body of a human being. His word is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the imprint of God in the world. Knowledge of God, in this case, is not only possible, but it must be derived by men, and lacking such knowledge is a sign of unbelievers. Allah cannot reveal himself in any positive or meaningful way, for by doing so, he will either have to descend to human level or elevate humans to a divine level. Men can only relate to Allah through an awareness of his presence. Knowledge is impossible, and the request for knowing Allah is sinful and ultimately leads to the destruction of uh, matter or conscience. The law systems will be radically different, therefore. Since God reveals himself fully, though not comprehensively, we should expect in his law that he will reveal his moral character, how God would act in all situations if he were a man. This is in God's law. Thus, we should expect his law to be complete and functional without having to resort to outside sources or human legislation. Theonomy takes this principle seriously and sees in the law of God a sufficient basis for justice, which only needs faithful application, not changes. It interprets the law of God in the framework of God's character and work in society. 
anti-theonomy, what we have today, interprets the law of God against historical and cultural backdrops. It looks for extra-biblical sources for complementing the law's system of justice for our times. While the biblical revelation of the law is used only for moral instruction. Allah is not able to deliver such a systematic and full law. There is nothing that such a law would reveal about Allah. Therefore, the law in the Quran is a fragmented mess of isolated moralisms and a few judicial statements without any solid fundamental principles behind them. In the final account, Islam needs human traditions and decisions to build its system of law. Its system, therefore, is similar to that of anti-theonomy moral instruction from the book, judicial laws from general equity, or natural law. Is this familiar to the American system? In the final account, both anti-theonomy and Islam resort to giving more power to the state as the only institution that can back their law systems with sufficient power and authority. Therefore, it is not theonomy that is like Sharia. Presuppositionally, Sharia is consistent anti-theonomy taken to its logical end, where the state is God for all practical terms and purposes. Every law being religious, and I'm, I'm off Bo's quote for now, every law being religious in origin is, is, has, a, has a God behind it. And so the God of the conservative in the American uh, society today, or the liberal in the American society today, is the state. The state is God. Like the philosopher Hegel said, the state is God walking on earth. This is enlightenment humanism. This is power our religion. The state gets to decide. The great collective gets to institute the power wishes of the powerful upon the weak. And Centoya Brown gets 50 some years in prison for defending herself, a child sex slave. That's right. That's right. Look, as, as we've covered in every single episode on the X-Wing so far, this is a matter between power religion the religion that has put Sintoya Brown where she languishes today versus the religion of ethics, what I'm attempting to represent to you today, right now. And what we have in America today is power religion. It is Sharia law in the land. We don't have to be scared of it coming here. It already is here. We need to abolish it. It's Sharia law in the land. We're going to take a look at an example you know, I mean, this example of Sharia law that we have in the land with, with Centoya Brown, I mean, good, good Lord, good Lord. We could have pulled many out of the hat, but by the grace of God, this lovely image bearer has her case now under, in front of the eyes of the governor of Tennessee because, so, because of social media as a, as a tool of dominion. God is using this providentially, and so we're covering this one today. To see if we can add a little bit to it, because with the king state, human sacrifice, the sacrifice of Centoya Brown is always going to be the normative state. The weak will always be sacrificed for the strong, for the benefit of the collectives. It's for the crops to fall. To have, you'd have crops for the rain to fall. It's for law and order to manifest. The weaker vessels in society, the vulnerable, must give way to the powerful. It, it's the pagan Moloch worship. It's the Darwinistic Sharia King state model. That's right. The modern American conservative believes that in order to have Sharia, it must be tied to belief in Allah. 
Sharia is not tied to any such belief. Sharia, in essence, is religion of power, first and foremost, and it's religion of power that is oppressing our sister Centoya Brown. It is a law system that favors the powerful over the weak. In contrast, if a cop profiles a black guy driving, you know, pulls over his car, pretends to uh, smell the odor of marijuana, demands ID, and the black guy, when he reaches for his ID because he could have been reaching for a gun, gets shot by the police officer, then the cop gets the benefit of the doubt. Maybe a paid vacation in a, uh, you know, then back on the King State uh, Force, patrolling the uh, streets, pr- providing a better redemption than Christ, reading the hearts of, of human beings, stopping humanistically, arbitrarily state-defined crime, Sharia-defined Sharia crime before it starts, feeding the prison industrial complex with human chattel, very disproportionately high from the black race. You know, that's LBJ's modern plantations. We'll have them and words voting Democrat for life. The great society, you know. He's back to doing what he does after this cop shoots the black man. And, uh, you know, and the black man corpse goes in the ground. Fox News hypes up the story about the weed in the car. And the fact that police, they need to get home to their family. So, you know, he's not guilty for shooting this thug. And what underlies this narrative is that the thug had weed in his car. And so he's, uh, you know, send him into the afterlife. You know, the cop was involved in perhaps a tragic accident, but it's not murder. To be guilty of murder, you need to be one of the weaker vessels in society. And you need to be trying to escape your captor or something like that. The 250 pound ogre that is on top of you pounding you. Um, that has just used your body for their own pleasure. That, that is what you need to be guilty of murder. You know, uh, female, black female child sex slave of the American King state, kidnapped, bought, sold for your young small body to be drugged and abused by fat, old, hairy, white men, including many cops on the down law, of course. How many cops do you think? How many cops do you think, um... Uh, actually uh, took advantage of Centoya Brown's body when she was out there. You think uh, cops don't pick uh, pick girls up on the street? You think they don't? Um, <laughs> you know? Anyway, uh, you shoot one of your kidnappers to death and rapists after your body's been used for them, then, then look, you must be sacrificed to the king state uh, industrial complex, to uh, prison industrial complex, basically for what amounts to a life sentence. It's the old rule of human sacrifice. When God is rejected as king and his pure justice for the weaker vessels in society is exchanged for the injustice of the pagan God Moloch and Moloch simply means king for those of y'all that haven't tuned into the X-Wing yet. Uh, It is the collective state consciousness without the God of the Bible. The state is God walking on earth. Uh, The state is the highest moral authority. Well, the rule is this. The 16-year-old chattel sex slave is worth more to the sacrifice as a collective. So offer her up for $300 per day to the state to, uh, to keep her in a cage. That's what it costs. That's what the state gets. And, of course, the policeman is worth more to society responding to the call that there's a dead rapist in his house and to track down the 16-year-old child sex slave to put her in a cage and put her through a kangaroo, kangaroo court trial where it is determined uh, in the King State Court of Injustice that she should have called the police. <laughs> imagine that. Right? You know, uh, imagine how many police had purchased her up to that point or tried to run away. She could have ran. She could have. You don't get to say that. 
You don't get you don't you don't get to you don't get to Monday uh, Monday morning quarterback that one right there. She 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 was in fear for her life. She was a sex prisoner, a child sex prisoner. Um, you know. Oh, she took it. She took she took the wallet from the from the predator as she left the house. You know, because she's uh, she's she's a sixteen year old out on her own in the cold streets of Tennessee uh, under the uh, under the the dominion of this pimp named Cutthroat. Um, and, uh, so the motive must've been robbery and not self-preservation by taking that wallet as she left the house. Look, if she, if she wanted the benefit of the doubt, she should have been born a white cop, not a fatherless black girl, because there's no such thing as institutional racism and institutional racism based injustice in the American injustice complex in the caste system of the USSA. It is from this religion of power that the uncivil compact of the beast of America, that is the travesty of injustice that we have in the Centoya case, Brown, this is just rotten fruit. It is also the religion of power that all the disgusting things from Islam come, you know, patriarchy, misogyny, tyranny, all these things are present in our communities, churches, and government. You know why? Because we have rejected Jesus as Lord, and with a unified fist to the heavens, we have declared we have no king but Caesar. And we're going to be releasing a book on Reconstructionist Radio in the upcoming days. We're going to be having the first chapter is going to be released on Sunday. In the Midst of Your Enemies, a commentary on 1 Samuel. And it's by Dr. Joel McDermott, and it will help give us the theological tools to be able to combat this institutionalized state worship and human sacrifice at the most fundamental level. Because it is this, this is important. It is this religion of power is the reason why one baby is murdered every 30 seconds in the womb. It is this religion of power is the reason why conservatives who oppose abortion make their opposition completely hypocritical by supporting the grim reality that Centoya Brown is in a cage today and the agent of the state. You remember this guy, this cop who shot Philando Castile? You know, you know what he's doing right now? He's walking around free with a $50,000 fat bag of stolen tax dollars from the citizenry as his severance from the Minnesota, Minnesota King State Goon Squad. Yeah, yeah. He was in fear for his life. He shot Philando Castile, justified by conservatives all over social media. See, for conservatives... This guy fits the profile. He's a white cop, or I don't know. No, I think this one was Hispanic, but he's a cop who shot a black dude in his car where there was marijuana in the car. Death sentence right there. Bam. And so what does he get? Does he get 51 years in the in a prison industrial complex? Does he get a guilty plea? No, he gets the benefit of the doubt. And not only that, but what does he win? Tell him, Alex, a $50,000 first prize bag of cash. That doesn't make you mad. That doesn't make you mad. In order to free the captives, when a society has become as ripe with human sacrifice and slavery as modern America has become, you must free them all. Not pick and choose which weaker vessels you will mark for rescue and which ones may be sacrificed to the king state. Hypocrisy, when it comes to the application of justice, is a canceller every time. See, conservatives are, are showing clemency like the old pagan tyrant. The culture will easily sniff that out. They'll say, the conservatives are, are saying, you know, I'm, I'm pro-life. I want these babies. to. These, we're, we're, we have an abortion holocaust going on, right? 
But there, this pro-life conservative is also pro-death for unregistered brown people. Brown people, listen up now. This this same pro-life conservative is also pro-death. Shoot him at the border for unregistered by the pagan state brown people seeking to leave their hell holes. We help create with our drug war and come to America. You know, the the shoot the caravan at the border. Pro-life conservative will have his message wholesale rejected as hypocrisy by the culture. The the conservative who says Centoya Brown ought to be in a cage right now and the cop who murdered Philando Castile ought to have $50,000 bag of cash. That guy should keep his mouth shut because what he's doing is pre, he's projecting hypocrisy. And, and the culture is never going to buy that. The culture is going to see that. And it's better if such, of a ty- if such a type does nothing. I don't want that kind of conservative doing anything against abortion in the culture because they're going to do nothing but validate the cause of the left. They're going to validate the so-called pro-choicers. That, that guy, that unjust bastard is on the other side. I must be on the right side here for a woman's right to choose to murder her child in the womb, right? So he does more damage to the abolition of abortion every time he opens his yapper in favor of the sacrifice of weaker vessels, uh, you know, to the king's state. Every time, the only weaker vessels he stands for is the preborn, but you can sacrifice the other ones. So he does damage Da- big damage to the cause. You, and whether he goes out there with big signs of ripped up babies or not, he does damage, damage to the message of justice. We must demand justice according to the law of God for all of the weaker vessels in our land. We must begin to apply the central principle of God's law to demand justice for the widow, the fatherless, and the orphan, and all that cannot as easily establish justice for himself as the 45-year-old white Republican congressman can. We need to see how we can get the justice for Centoya Brown that the congressman would have access to. That kind of justice is only available with the application of the law of liberty, of God's perfect instructions, the creator's blueprint for the social order, not in the humanistic tyranny that we have in the king, American king-state complex. As Kate Robinson of the uh, Monstrous Regiment podcast and I covered on a previous War Room episode called Justice for the Weaker Vessel, and I want you all to check that out when you can, the application of Jesus' law in the Bible always goes first to the weaker vessels in society. Always. Always. Jesus has a very special uh, constituency, the the widow, the fatherless, the orphans, the least of these. What you do unto the least of these, he says in Matthew 25, that's what you do directly unto me. He doesn't say what you do to the strongest of these. He said what you do unto the least, the least of these, the the strung out 14-year-old prostitute that you're you're calling a prostitute child sex slave on the street. That person, I want you to do unto that person, make sure they have access to the justice. That they deserve in society, the Centoya Browns of society. Until we are consistently demanding the tearing down of all the places of human sacrifice in our society, at the very least, supporting none of them. That's at the very least, is supporting none of them. So if you're a conservative out there, if you're a flag waver, if you're anywhere in the evangelical church scene, and you start basically advocating for the power side of the equation, You might want to shut your mouth until you actually get yourself educated as to what the 
line of good and evil is in this situation and what you're defending. Because I'd rather you say nothing at all. I'd rather you say nothing at all on behalf of the preborn until you get this stuff straightened out. Because the culture is not going to accept, abolish abortion, but put Centoya Brown in a cage for 70 years. The culture is just not going to accept that. And then the onus is going to be on us. When we appear before Christ in 2 Corinthians 5, when we appear before Christ to get that evaluation, like the, the movie of what happened here, the ethical judicial review of our testimony as his, as his bride walking around is supposed to be establishing righteousness and justice on it. When we get that, when we get that review, he's going to say, wow, check out how you treated the least of these over here, over here over here over here and what are you going to say oh well i was able to recognize the low-hanging fruit of abortion that they're ripping apart babies and i oppose that And he's going to say oh, well good for you good for you i i showed you that by my spirit illumination comes from me but but look at this look at all of this right over here the reason why they didn't accept your message is because when i came to you in any other form than the most obvious smack you in the face with the right hook what you did is you rejected it and you instead worshiped the state and you worshiped the model of human sacrifice. So zero support of agents of the king state is what we want that anybody who's going to speak up about the abortion issue at all. You must have zero support for agents of the king state over the Centoya Browns of the land. Zero support. Our hypocritical, loveless demands for our favorite victims to receive clemency in the churches from the hand of the king's state will fall deaf. It will fall on deaf ears. I'm going to repeat this because it's important. All laws are religious determining the code of ethics for the society. That's what folks picking up on this story need to understand. Centoya Brown has already been locked up for over a decade, for the better part of two decades in the Tennessee prison industrial complex. But now through this vehicle that we have in social media, a tool of dominion that God has given us has brought this case to the forefront of the hearts and minds of the citizenry, including celebrities on the left, like Kim Kardashian and Rihanna. So what, what such celebrities don't understand, and this is why this is so important, what Kim and what Rihanna don't understand is, as unjust as this case is on its face, they simply don't have the solution. Simply demanding the release of Centoya Brown and leaving the same legal system in place where laws are decided by the powerful on the whim of the great collective of humans in society simply co-signs more Centoya Browns to the same fate and rescues one. Just like that conservative that you hate, liberals. Just like that conservative that you hate screaming about, oh, we, I want to end abortion, but I'm cool with black guys getting shot on the street by police. Or, or I'm cool with, uh, or I'm cool with, uh, I want the border patrol to execute uh, Hondurans trying to get into the country after we ruined theirs through the drug war, right? Um, that same thing that you hate leftists is, is what you're arguing for when you just say, hey, look, we're going to petition just to get Centoya Brown out of the situation that she's in. Because do you know how many Centoya Browns there are in the prison industrial complex, in the ground, that their blood is crying out to the throne room of heaven? You know how many there are? You know how many of them pre-born and born Centoya Browns that we have that are just weaker vessels that have been sacrificed to the king state? Listen, leftists, you don't have the instrumentality. You don't have the philosophical basis. You do not have the world view to set Centoya Brown free. You can, yeah, you might be able to get this one clemency until something happens to her again. 
right? But you don't have the ability to establish justice. The, the, uh, the talking heads on the left can yap all they want about how they're trying to fight institutional racism, and they're doing a better job of it than modern American conservatives. And they can, they can you know, say they're trying to fight power politics in the legal system. <laughs> At the end of the day, they have no other standard for law in society than the great collective itself, the king state, the power politics. That's all they have. That's all they have, which will always, by very definition and by essence, lead to the powerful ensconcing their position over the less powerful of the social order. In such a system, the Harvey Weinsteins, listen, leftist Hollywood now, because we smashed the idols of the right and the left on the X-Wing with your boy Joe Salon and whoever else we might have blessed the microphone. We smashed the idols on the right and the left. The Harvey Weinsteins... The all-powerful Hollywood white male director who basically raped half of the film industry. The Harvey Weinsteins will always find a way to rise to the top. Harvey Weinstein types rarely pay for their crimes in the injustice system of the USSA. When the injustice system is subjectively defined by man. You notice that? Harvey Weinstein's a leftist too. Right? He's a leftist. I bet you he made some some posts on Twitter uh, smashing racism and sexism on Facebook or whatnot. Yeah. Meanwhile, abusing half the women in Hollywood and men too, I don't know. Um, you know, Harvey Weinstein won't get a 70-year jail sentence, but Centoya Brown, listen up, Rihanna. Rihanna, you listening to X-Wing tonight? Because Centoya Brown, <laughs> she's going to get that 70-year jail sentence. But Harvey Weinstein, he ain't going to get that 70-year jail sentence. And Harvey Weinstein has the same political views as you do, leftists. You know that? And there's a reason behind it. Because whether you're shilling for the king's state or where, uh, on the left wing, or, where you're, or whether you're shilling for the police state on the right wing, there's a similarity here. The state is God and gets to decide law arbitrarily for itself. And when that system happens, you have Sharia law every single time, whether it's on the plantations of the nanny state or the plantations of the police state. You're going to have the powerful over the week every single time. See, if Weinstein purchased Centoya Brown and Brown shot him dead, all right, who would be the one in jail for 70 years? It would be Weinstein. It would be Centoya Brown in the cage. The Browns are sacrificed to the Weinstein Weinsteins. Weinstein. The Browns are sacrificed to the Weinsteins when the state is God. Let me say that again. The Browns, the Centoya Browns are always sacrificed to the Harvey Weinsteins when the state is God walking on earth, allowed to create laws as it, as it wills. That is simply the ethic of the land in that case. Human sacrifice of the weak to the strong. It has always been like that from the beginning of human civilization, whether you're a left winger or a right winger, that is like the big smack on the head, the giant red pill that you take and you wake up and you're saying, oh, shoot. Dang, there's human sacrifice going on over here. It is Centoya Brown to Harvey Weinstein. That, that Harvey Weinstein gets to sacrifice Centoya Brown. The Israelites, 
Look, nothing, nothing, nothing here is new. There's nothing new here. Under, so we're not, we, we consider ourselves such an advanced society. We, we sacrifice our babies in doctor's offices. No, we don't put them on a giant idol, right? A giant, nasty idol named Moloch. We sacrifice ours to the king state in the doctor's office, right? You know, for the benefit of society, of course, right? You know, weed out the undesirables. The Israelites were given the law of God to keep them distinct from the nations that practiced such human sacrifice. When they, the Israelites, obeyed the law of God, the surrounding nations would see that there is a unique brand of justice in the land and that justice really resonates with the human heart. What a wise, what a wise and understanding people is the reaction that the culture is supposed to have when the law of God, the law that came down, off of the mountain with Moses and Moses brought this law down and the, the reaction when the people see the law that's practiced of the surrounding this well, wow look at that nation right there what a wise and understanding people they would say when you get the reaction what a racist misogynistic absolutely disgusting group of human trash when that is the reaction that you're constituency is consistently getting from the culture, there might be something wrong with your application of the law of God. Look, the slave who escapes tyranny in the land is treated like a precious image bearer of God in Israel. In fact, according to God's law, listen to this now, if a, if a slave escaped even a pagan king, Israel was not to return her to her master. Did you know that? Even if it was a giant, powerful, like if it was like the Philistine king's personal slave and that slave escaped into Israel. Do you know that Israel was not supposed to return her, was not supposed to return Sintoya Brown to cutthroat? Do you know that? You understand that now? Israel was not supposed to return her to, to cutthroat, even if cutthroat, the Philistine king, was going to declare a war on Israel, but rather protect her as a free woman in the promised land. Did you know that? Even though it would possibly mean war for Israel against the Philistines, against that pagan nation. Not much security and safety there, is there? You'd just have to trust God for the victory. You'd have to protect the least of these and trust God for the victory. That's the opposite of the conservative position in the American political square. It's like to hell with the least of these. We need the state to keep us safe. And there is a axe to the root that is coming out this week exactly on the cult of safety by my man Bojadar Marinoff once again. And it's on the cult of safety in America, the religion of power in America today, the cult of safety. We need safety. We need the state, the king, old king state. Please keep us safe. There's no king but Caesar all up in this place, right? Please keep us safe because we're cursed. We've been cursed. So keep us safe. See, you know, but in terms of God's law, it's, wait a second, I, no, we protect the least of these. We do what's right and leave the results to God. Victory is in the hands of the Lord. And fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We, I don't fear them. I fear God. I don't fear the Hondurans at the border. I fear God because we transform their nation into a hellhole with the drug war propping up a dictator. And now they're coming to us. I fear God. I fear God about Centoya Brown. In what kind of society is she in a cage, prescribed a cage, a child sex slave for half of a century? Getting the message from headquarters, Bo's podcast, The Cult of Safety is available now. Definitely check it out. The Cult of Safety. Acts to the Root. 
Free woman in the promised land. That's what Centoya Brown is. Unfortunately, we do not have the promised land here. According to conservatives, that would be Sharia. Do you see how it's always flipped around on its head? Always, It's always evil that's good and good that's evil when it comes to those that are blind. Israel did not have this closed borders policy, no Donald Trump type of policy to protect her from these pagan nations that were surrounding her. You had walls of Jerusalem, right? But you didn't have walls around Israel, right? All she had was a law that set the oppressed free. And let me tell you a little secret. When she was faithful, that was powerful enough. That was a tool. When Israel was obedient to the law, she rose to the top of the nations in power. To the point that Egyptian Egyptian rulers sought out her king, sought out the king of Israel for, for wisdom. The queen of Sheba sought out Solomon for wisdom. There's just something that resonates with the human heart and wins it over when God's law is enacted in society. When the standard for justice in society is, is smacking a bully right in the face and protecting the weak and treating the outcast like you would treat royalty. That's the ethic that is more powerful than all the armies of the, of the entire world. You won't find that ethic in the, in the, in the churches. You won't find that ethic in the conservative churches in America. You won't find it. You just won't, but that it's powerful. And it can take the land. It can take the land in a second. You know, it's the ethic that makes the nations beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. It's that same ethic based on the law of God that puts justice for the weaker vessel. Those who cannot establish it for themselves as the top priority that allowed the outlaws. This It's this ethic that allowed the early Christian cave churches to topple the pagan Roman Empire in just a few hundred years. It was these Christians, these early Christians, who would search the dumps where fires burn the trash for abandoned babies. They were usually the ones with the birth defects, fetal alcohol syndrome, things like that, you know, or undesired gender, disproportionately women. And uh, they would be rescued. And in a generation where the Christian population grew massively with warriors for King Jesus, simply by Christians rescuing these abandoned babies... The old, you know, that was the old uh, Roman preferred method of abortion. Leave, uh, take the baby, toss them in the fiery dump, you know, from the blazing trash heaps. Christians would rescue them from, from that. They get to just that. They had this, this, this rising generation that just came up. <clears throat> this blessing from God as the, as the pagans literally threw their unwanted out and the Christians took them. I mean, is that, is that the ethic of America? Is that the ethic of the churches that we have today? Heck no. You know, uh, the, it, it, it got to the point where the Christians were getting so numerous and powerful. The king state in Rome, ancient king state, even outlawed Christians rescuing abandoned babies. This is true to your history. But the Christians simply disobeyed the king state and accepted the greater risk to adding the abandoned weaker vessels to the people of God. It also got to the point where an ordinary Roman citizen knew that he would get more justice in the Christian courts than in Caesar's courts, and, and the pagan Romans took their disputes to the Christians. I mean, you know that? That's Because that's what they were saying. They were looking at the Christians. They were saying, what a wise and understanding people. They don't show partiality to the person with money. There's a whole letter where Paul's rebuking that entire practice, and they're practicing that. You know? Right. That, that right there, that right there, man, 
You know, they're, they're seeing what, they're, that's what the old pagan Romans said. They said, what a wise and understand. They got that Deuteronomy 4 reaction that we kind of laugh at the idea of being able to get today. That's right. Hey, my man James Linton coming through with the excellent comment. We will try. It ain't too late. Indeed, we will. And we'll have the victory. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to look like now. I, I personally, Joe Salant doesn't think we're going to have an America like that we have today. Um, you know, this, but we're certainly not going to have an executive state America, but we will establish justice here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Amen. Amen. And these Christians, you know, uh, all they were doing, all they were doing to show these Romans what's up is they were taking justice and the application of the great commissions to teach the nation's righteousness and justice of God right there. It got to the point where the hearts of the people were so thoroughly turned toward uh, Christianity because of how Christians stood up for the weaker vessel. It's just the, it's just a winning story that the power of the, the power players in the empire eventually just had to become Christians or fake Christianity themselves. That's just how that's how it happened. Christians won the hearts of the Roman Empire. They won the hearts of the people. They just won the hearts of the people. That story that they were living out was too powerful. They would be killed for it, and they would still go forward and establish justice for the weaker vessel. It just didn't matter what you did to them. You know, to die is gain. Let's have the kingdom go forward. And man, that just resonated to the point where it just had to become the official religion of the Roman Empire. And all the pagan holidays had to be Christianized. And all the trappings of the empire now had a biblical motif. You know, that's the true story of how pagan Rome was conquered by the church. And of course, then it went into corruption when power religion crept into the churches. But there you, there you have it. When, when we have comfort and when we have means, that is one of the easiest ways that we fall. When we get comfortable, when our back is against the wall, you know, like it says in Hosea five fifteen, in their affliction, they will seek me earnestly. Well, let me tell you something. There is affliction coming to our land for the injustice, for the blood that is crying out to the heavens. When, when God's law of liberty for the weaker vessel is in effect, Sintoya Brown is liberated, is liberated. But when we, the people's lawlessness of oppression of the weaker vessel is in effect with all of its institutionalized sexism and racism in effect, regardless of how many celebrities we want to sanitize it, Harvey, Harvey Weinstein is liberated to do his havoc in America. Jeffrey Epstein, you know who this guy is? The billionaire orc sex trafficker, kidnapper, rapist of at least 80 children, owns a private tropical island where underage sex slaves are housed, which has been frequented by, you know, the Bill Clinton types, the rich uh, male celebrities and, uh, and ruling class to penetrate children by force with their penises. Yes, Harvey, uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, child rapist, kidnapper, demon. He gets, get this. A year in jail for prostitution and has to register as a sex offender with the King State. While Sintoya Brown, man, if she was one of those little girls on that island that got up the courage to, you know, pop a cap in that ogre, she would serve life in, pri in the prison industrial complex. If Sintoya Brown was on Jeffrey Epstein's island, we know what her penalty would have been. Because she's got it now. Probably worse. She popped Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, yeah, probably worse. What am I talking about? Probably worse. Maybe, maybe death penalty. Maybe death penalty. If she uh, if she popped a cap in Jeffrey Epstein. 
right? And 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 conservatives act like they're so outraged by this guy by this guy's story. Can you believe that Bill Clinton went on Sex Island? But they're perpetuating the very worldview that makes it possible, that gets Jeffrey Epstein one year, one year in prison. There's yeah, I understand. There's an investigation in the Department of Injustice about how that could actually have happened. There is. Google it. Jeffrey Epstein, one year. Centoya Brown, 70 million years. Welcome to the system of injustice in the USSA. Under the laws of Kim Kardashian and Rihanna, regardless of how much they want to help Centoya Brown, many more Centoya Browns will be victims to the Jeffrey Epsteins, just because it's a central feature of that lawless system. When the great collective of humans become a law unto themselves, when humans just do it right, what's right in their own eyes... With no objective standard for justice for those that cannot establish justice for themselves, there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Centoya Browns that have been sacrificed on the altar of the King State, prison industrial complex rotting away. Likewise, American Christians who are all over social media media acting like 16-year-old Centoya Brown was just some regular adult consenting prostitute who shot her John. She's, she's a hooker, you know. Uh, lock her up. Uh, same thing they said about Hillary Clinton, by the way. You know, as you, uh, you know, as if you can buy trafficked children for sex on the underground market and get charged with prostitution, just like Jeffrey Epstein did. Uh, even further off the, uh, you know, um, look, you know, these conservatives are for more further are further off than than Rihanna and um, <laughs> and and, and uh, uh, what's her name Kardashian. I mean, really, it's true. I'm sorry, it's true because they claim the name, they bring the name, they drag the name of King Jesus into it. You know, both the left and the right support the Sharia-esque system where Epstein gets one year in prison and Santoya Brown gets a life sentence. Only the latter does so in the name of Christ with the same tongue. And with the same tongue, the evangelical Christian pronounces the affirmation that Santoya Brown should face the injustice that she is. He voices his opposition to the abortion holocaust with that same tongue, wondering why the culture refuses to take him seriously. Blind as a bat, wondering why... Wondering why they say he is single issue, pro-birth and racist, when all he wants to do is save babies, you know, from abortion. Has it, it hasn't dawned on the American evangelical conservative that their rejection of God as legislator, that their affirmation of the state as God in matters of law and the land, that their full-throated unwillingness to sacrifice all the weaker, their full-throated willingness, I'm sorry, to sacrifice all the weaker vessels in the land, all the possible oppressed people groups in the very name of law and order has muted their voice, had rendered their opposition to abortion utterly impotent because of their gross, glaring hypocrisy. Look, in, in closing, I, <laughs> I'm going to give you one example of this. Uh, one, one, one American churchian jumped on this post that I was using to, annou- to announce the X-Wing episode saying, this is what he said. Let me bring this up real quick. This is, this is your average conservative reaction. Okay, this is what the world is seeing. When this is going through social media, when it's at the front of the marketplace of ideas, when all the idols are out in the open, this is what the conservative says. The, the guy who's representing Jesus Christ in the culture. The guy who, when the unbeliever, pagan American, is looking to see what Christians are saying, this is what they're saying. All right? This is what they're saying. This is what this guy said on my post when I announced that she would have been better off being a, a police officer that shot a black dude with weed in his car. This is what the conservative churchian said. 
I thought she was judged by a jury of her peers. But I guess these days public opinion is more important. <laughs> you know, Lissa of the, of the Monstrous Regiment podcast pointed this out yesterday. Look, there were no teenage sex slaves on that jury. Only American citizens privileged to have absolutely zero idea of what it's like to be lured onto the streets into the sex cage of a hotel room of a child sex trafficker named Cutthroat, strung out on, dependent on drugs, sent out on a drug-fueled mission to bring filthy child rape money back to Cutthroat's disgusting, uh, you know, whatever. You know, that mission, uh, you know, consisting of letting this, this, these, these monsters molest her, molest her body for chump change, sending that aside for a moment that there's no, uh, that this wasn't a jury of her peers in any real sense of the word. Um, let's take a look at what this reaction of the churchian tells us. The American justice system that can, uh, that the American justice system, this is the Christian position, the unchristian Christian position in America, that the American justice system convicted her, therefore she must be guilty. This is the position simultaneously held in conflict with the position that the American justice system at the highest level validates as constitutional abortion in America, where literally the weakest, most vulnerable vessels in our society are deemed not persons by the Supreme Court and game for open season in the mother's womb. And I looked at the Churchian commenter's profile where he's just appealing to the system as hey, she, he was, she was tried by a jury of her peers. I looked at his profile and I saw the predictable anti-abortion rhetoric and I, I pointed out how ludicrous it was for him to assume that the American justice system works in the case of Centoya Brown, but not in the case of the preborn. I mean, plain and obvious truth right there. That's the way that that is what he's projecting to the call. The, the, the justice system works in this sense, but not in this sense right here. Right. No reason for it whatsoever. Did both weaker vessels sacrifice to the king's state? He simply refused to see. Kept parroting the blindness that uh, Brown went through a fair legal process, and all we were doing is trying to uh, uh, use public opinion, you know, to to set her free. Another commenter jumped in there and pointed out how absurd it was for the American Christian to have as his standard, his ethical standard for justice, the same legal process that allows and protects the mass murder of millions of the preborns. I believe that was my man Jar, John Andrew Reasoner. Uh, the blind churchian still would not see and didn't make even an attempt at a direct response, save for expressing his bewilderment that. Why do you keep on going back to Roe to overturn the conviction of this murderer? And so, so it's just like, a, why, how are the two connected, in other words? You know, the murderer referring to Brown. And there you have it. I mean, that is exactly why this culture will never take seriously the efforts by American churchmen when it comes to opposition of abortion. When you are such an obvious offensive shill for injustice in the case of a little brown child sex slave, why would anyone listen to your moral opinion elsewhere? Your opposition to abortion would only embolden, I'm going to say this again, your opposition to abortion, that dude who commented on that, on that Facebook post, his opposition to abortion only emboldens pro-choicers to believe that they're on the moral high ground. Well, look, if that guy's on the other side, I believe in the woman's right to choose to murder her baby, right? At least I'm on the other side of that orc. That's what the culture's thinking. That is what the culture is thinking. So when it comes to abortion, that person should shut up and go develop the uh, spirituality needed to make sound ethical judgments uh, based on good and evil across the board, or at least on the very, very easy ones.
You provide the left with an enemy to their most brutal form of human sacrifice that is a shill for all the other forms of injustice, and you are providing them a service. You're giving them enemy attestation for their movement. Hey, look at this pro-birth racist child sex apologist over there. That is the face of our opposition. And is that not what's being said about American churchmen by the left today? And we just blame them. Oh, yeah. They must be just, uh, they're evil on the left. Let me tell you something. The pagan Romans said, wow, what a wise and understanding people. And the pagan Romans in the early centuries, as wicked as they were and as debased as they were, they went to the Christian courts for justice. The entire empire fell because the Christians established justice back then with a much less robust theology than we have today. Much less robust theology. Just the willingness to be moved by the Spirit and go and, and serve the least of these. That's all they had. That's all they had. But they they got that Deuteronomy 4 reaction. Oh, wow, what a wise and understanding people this is in these caves over here. I'd rather go to these Christian underground caves for justice where I could be risk getting thrown to the lions for treason. And I'd rather seek out these Christians. That's what those pagans said. What do the pagans in our culture say about us? Oh, racist, misogynistic, haters, and all that other kind of stuff. Well, maybe that's because we are not worshiping God in every single area of life that we're getting that reaction. Maybe that's because we're willing to sacrifice Centoya Brown to the prison industrial complex. Maybe that's because we're willing to give the cop who shot Philando Castile $50,000 of fat cash as a present for walking away from the uh, injustice goon squad <clears throat> in the state of Minnesota. Maybe that's the reason why. Because we're shills for injustice and we're doing it in the name of Jesus and judgment begins in the household of God. Conclusion. Final judgment. Matthew chapter 25, wrapping this up when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him. Then he will sit on his glorious throne before him will be gathered all of the nations and he will separate He will separate a people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will place the sheep on the right, but the goats he will place on the left and the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food, and I was thirsty, and you gave me drink, and I was a stranger, and you welcomed me, and I was naked, and you clothed me, and I was sick, and you visited me, and I was in prison, and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it unto me. And then he will say to those on his left, 
Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, for the devil, and prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you did not give me any food. I was thirsty, and you did not give me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. I was naked, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. You said I deserved to be there for another 50 years. After my oppression. That's what they'll say. And they will also answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick in prison? Like Centoya Brown and did not minister to you. And he will answer them saying, truly, truly, I say to you, as you did not do. For one of the least of these, you did not do unto me. And now these will go away into, etern into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. You didn't visit the afflicted in prison. We pronounced an unjust sentence on Centoya Brown, a child sex slave. But we show favor to Jeffrey Epstein, who housed, kidnapped, and had violated over 100 Centoya Browns on his sex island. And he gets one year. One. One. For sacrificing 100 Centoya Browns, probably more. But Centoya Brown, she gets close to 100 years for sacrificing one Jeffrey Epstein. You see how that works when Caesar is God? You see how that works when we have Sharia law, in essence, in America. This has been the X-Wing, pod number five. Free Centoya Brown. We have information that we've been posting on what you can do to demand clemency, uh, to demand that the um, executive of the pagan state in Tennessee do what's right and release Centoya Brown. But we have a lot more work to do than just that. This is one image bearer. There are many, 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 many thousands of Centoya Browns amongst the 350 million Americans that we have in our culture today. And that doesn't count all those that are coming into the land that we need to be actually welcoming, but we're instead we're sacrificing at the border. In the midst of your enemies, a commentary on 1 Samuel, In the Midst of Your Enemies, is an audio book, and it's by Dr. Joel McDermott, and I have the first chapter finished. And I started on this project about a month ago, but got busy. I have the first chapter finished, and it's coming at a very uh, pointed time. Because if we want to stop the culture from this death course, or if we want to have the answer for establishing the foundations of God's throne, righteousness and justice in our spheres of influence, we're going to have to have a biblical philosophy, a philosophy of freedom in laws, a philosophy of ethics in the public square. And this book, In the Midst of Your Enemies, First Samuel commentary by Joel McDermott so directly addresses our situation today. It is just the antithesis. It is pushing the antithesis against the beast that Centoya Brown was sacrificed to, is sacrificed to. And so I'm reading this, and I hope that we can get this book out one chapter a week. The, cha the first chapter is coming on, uh, on, on Sunday. Let's say what's up to my man, John Noyes. Love you too, brother. Good to see you here. And I'm um, sorry I missed some of these comments that have been here as they pop up. I don't, 
uh, sometimes see him when I'm in the rant, rant mode. Uh, so, so angry making this, um, outline up and just seeing what's involved with this, uh, just seeing the kind of the, the situation, but then so hopeful reading through first Sam, the first Samuel commentary and seeing the solution. It's one thing to just gripe about the problem. See the Rihanna's and the Kim Kardashians, they can gripe about the problem and they can try to get one of them loose. You know, they can try to get one image bearer free. But at the end of the day, there's only one way to establish justice, and that's through the appeal to heaven. In the midst of your enemies, First Samuel commentary, you can purchase the book at AmericanVision.org. Please do. You can get the electronic version for like, you know, like I think it's under 10 bucks. Go ahead and purchase that and read with me. Be doing some of them live here, but I'm going to be doing, a mo doing most of them just as a recording. Edit, edit, edit chop them up. Throw them up there uh, as an audio book for ReconstructionistRadio.com. You can listen to your boy, read it to you, read it with you, and we will take the land together. Thank you for joining me today on uh, this awesome Wednesday night to demand justice for the weaker vessels in the land. Free Centoya Brown, it's been your host on the X-Wing, Joe Salant. Before I bounce, I wanted to say big up. Big up to my man, Devin Lindsay, and he does so much work uh, behind the scenes at Reconstructionist Radio. He's always on the grind, always doing the stuff that doesn't get noticed. And I wanted to shout you out, my brother. Um, you know, you, you provide a model that we should emulate. We all love you uh, very much. Uh, we look up to you. We thank you for your leadership at Reconstructionist Radio. We, we, we uh, appreciate that. Devin Lindsay, show him some love. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, what am I not in rant mode? I guess, I guess that's true. I guess, uh, that's, yeah, the, that's, that's, that's what, I guess that's just what the way I'm programmed. That's what God gave me rant mode on <laughs> anyway. Uh, wish your boy luck in fantasy football this weekend in the championship in, uh, in, in one league and in, in my smash mouth league bounced out of the other two. Um, what else do we got going on? Oh yeah, we got the, uh, we have the not for all song coming out on the injustice of the, uh, American immigration process story that's being told in the form of a song. There video is going to be coming out soon. We're tracking that down at the border with my man, um, Jake Alexander down there. If I forgot you, I'm sorry, but I still do love you. And, um, it's been the X-Wing pod five free Centoya Brown. Demanding justice for the weaker vessels in society. Love y'all. Get with y'all in a bit. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us in the X-Wing Cave. Until next time, make sure you stay on the right side of that ethical judicial line. Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, 
where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.